Yo, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And today we are going to learn about how to follow through in your life with your faith regarding your calling. Okay, God's calling for your life. Now, today we're going to cover the general calling because every Christian, every believer in Christ Jesus has the same calling. Now, our assignments change from time to time. My assignment is different than yours. And you know what? The assignment that I have now might not always be my assignment. It changes. But if you want to be able to position yourself to fulfill the specific assignments, you need to embrace the general call all the time. And that's what we're going to dive in and look at today. The truth of who he is is so much better. It's not just informational. It is transformational. And that's been the focus of our whole series that we've been doing for this last month or two months, actually. If this is your first time uh, with us, welcome. If this is your, if you've missed a couple weeks, I get it, it's the summer. But we are finishing a series today called Truth Over Trends as we are, well, as we've been examining different topics and looking what does God have to say? What is the truth of God regarding this and comparing it to the trends or the lies or the ways of this world? And the whole purpose of it, if you were here with us first week, was to glorify God. That, that fancy word just means to make him known, to show off, to reflect. And so the more we are transformed by the truth of God, the more we should reflect that truth in all that we do. And that's the point. The truth, to, to pursue truth is not just informational, it's transformational. And so today, our final truth, well, before I actually say anything else, online, this might be a little difficult for you unless you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on a desktop. And for everybody here, uh, I want to briefly uh, remind some of you, we're trying to start something back new on our website. If you're the kind of person like me, who is very forgetful, who likes to write things down, I'm the type of person that texts myself just in case, because I want to remember something. So I will text myself. I'm that guy. Or write sticky notes and put it everywhere. If you like to write things down because you're a forgetful person, go to our website right now, especially on your phone, tabernacleofgod.church. And all you have to do is scroll down and scroll the other way. All right. And scroll, scroll down and flip to the left. And you're going to see a tile that says message notes. There, it's going to have all the verses that we're going to use today. And you can type in your own notes and email it to yourself. So that way you won't forget if God says something to you. So online, you can do that. And in here, again, just go to Tabernacle of God Church, go to the bottom, swipe to the left. I know it's, it's not like Tinder or nothing like that, you know, but swipe, go to the bottom, swipe to the left. And then there you will see it. It says message notes for Sunday. And you can fill in some of the bottom lines are in there as well. So here we go. Here's the last topic of today. Next week, we're going to start a new series uh, about the Ten Commandments, but I'm going to do the Ten Commandments in a way that you've never seen before, I promise you. Even for some of the, you know, some of the vets in the house that you know what the Ten Commandments are, I saw the movie right now. We're going to do it in a, in a unique way in five weeks. We're going to do Ten Commandments in five weeks in a way that you've never seen a connection before. So I'm telling you, that's going to be really cool next week. But today, we're going to do one last topic. Let's pursue the truth of this compared to the trends of this world. And the topic for today is your calling. Your calling, your purpose in life. Now, there are a slew of churches that literally every week is the topic. Your purpose and your calling and your victory and your this and your that. And that's all cool. We need that. I get it. All right. I mean, we can go a little bit too far in that. But when we look at your calling, I want you to understand one thing, which it took me a while to understand. And I think it's going to be very beneficial for all of us. Your calling is greater than your career. Let me just put that there. 
Because I know for me, I used to think when I wanted to live for God and, and when I want to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what is my calling? What is my destiny? I immediately would think of things that I would do one day. I would think of my calling as something future, not something present. And so I'm thinking, all right, that's going to be my calling. And so I need to do things in order to get to that point. And when I'm there, now I'm walking in my calling. And I thought it was more of a future tense than a present tense. Listen, your calling is greater than your career. Because it's a really messed up way to think about it, if you think about it, because that means that you're not living your calling unless you're in that career. And what happens if you're in that career and you get fired? You know, did God fire you now? Are you incapable of living out your calling? No, because let me, well, let me just say it this way. Your calling can be a part. Your calling can be a part of your career. All right. But your purpose doesn't always come with a paycheck. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Your purpose doesn't always come with a paycheck. And the calling that God has for your life is actually something that you can do today, despite your career, uh, unless it's like a career that you're like blatantly sinning, you know, like if your career is like, you know, murder for hire. No, I'm sorry. You know, if it's kind of like that, you know, there are a few careers that if it's just blatant sin, mm -mm, sorry, flag on the play. But most careers, you can fulfill your calling in that career, but most don't fulfill their calling for two reasons. Number one, pride. Because they want to do it for themselves. They're in it to win it. They want to do it for the affirmation and for the love and for the attention and for the glory. They, that's what they want. It's, and because they do it for themselves, they fail to truly live out their calling because your calling is bigger than you. It is. So number one is that most people fail to live out their calling, their God-given calling, because they're prideful. They want to do it their way instead of God's way. Or they're lazy. Lazy. Listen, I don't know if somebody told you, making a difference is difficult. Got that? Making a difference in the world is difficult, and most don't want to put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make a real difference in someone's life, and so they don't walk in their calling because they are too, what? Lazy. Prideful and lazy. I got you. Prideful and lazy. Those two right there. But I want you to know that this, I don't want you to know, I'm going to be real with you. The calling that we are going to discover today, the higher calling that you have, that God offers all of us, every believer, you guys know every believer has the same calling. The calling, the higher calling that God gives us, it requires hard work, but it's work that will produce eternal results. And so we're going to look at Colossians to be able to discover that today. So if you uh, have your Bibles, if you're on the app, you already know there's all the verses right there for you. Uh, we are in the book of Colossians, or really it was a letter that Paul wrote to a church, the church of Colossae, and he's talking to the Colossians because Paul had this issue. He set up this church around 50 or so AD, and this is only less than 20 years after the resurrection, okay? Less than 20 years after Jesus rose from the dead. Here's this church established. Paul is helping them out, and Paul is, he's kind of like a franchisee guy. He's kind of going everywhere and just starting churches, kind of setting them up, moving on, starting another one, moving on, and he's kind of overseeing and overwatching these. And when he hears a report like, hey, something's going on over there, and so Paul writes letters to these churches to encourage them and usually to help solve a problem that they're having. And the one problem that the Colossian church, well, the biggest problem the Colossian church was having was their understanding of who Jesus was. False teachers came in, and they started dumbing down Jesus. They used to say, listen, Jesus was a great guy, but he was just a guy. Or they would say things like, he's just one of many gods. He's not the one true God. He was a great man, a great teacher, a great this, a great that. And so they dumbed down Jesus. And so Paul's like, I'm not having this. Pen and paper. Let's go. 
you know, and he was like, I got to talk to them. And so he writes a letter and listen, I want you to, I want you to read Colossians one and two today. I encourage you because the first two chapters of Colossians, all Paul is doing is clarifying Christ. He's saying, um, no, Christ is this. This is who Jesus is. He is the one true God. He writes in chapter one, verse 15, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, that Jesus himself is God in the flesh. He showed us through his life, through his death and through his resurrection that he is God, that he is the Lord, that Jesus is who he said he was. That is who Jesus is. He spends two chapters clarifying him and really showing how what Jesus reveals. And guys, I want you to know this principle. This principle is consistent in Old Testament and in New. Every time there is revelation of who God is, the revelation always has a purpose. The reason for every time God reveals himself is to establish a relationship. Always. From Genesis to Revelation, every time you see a revelation of Jesus, a revelation of God, it is always with one purpose, to call his people into a relationship. And so Paul spends two chapters saying, no, this is revealing. This is what Christ reveals. This is the revelation of Jesus. And then guess what he does starting chapter three? Because here's who Jesus is. And because of that revelation, here is the relationship God invites us to. And we're going to pick that up right now. So there's four relationships, guys, that matter. The new life, which is our vision and our mission here at our church. Our mission statement here is to raise others into a new life in Jesus Christ. To raise, restore, renew, and release others into a new life in Jesus Christ. And our vision is we want to see that new life impact grow in four key relationships. And, there, and by the way, it's the four key relationships that are in Colossians that Paul is teaching about. It is your relationship with Jesus, with God, your relationship within the church, your relationship with, between you and your family and your home, and your relationship with people at your work and in the world. And so let's look at those four quickly here today. So let's read. Let's look at the kind of relationship. Because of the revelation of Jesus, what does our relationship with now Jesus look like? Let's look uh, first, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 8. We're going to read it together. We're going to put it on the screen for everybody online who doesn't have it. So... If you have been raised with Christ, meaning you believe who Jesus is, you've accepted forgiveness of your sins. If you've been raised to new life in Jesus Christ, what do you do? Seek things above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, he, on the truth of God, not on earthly things, not only on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, so he, he's trying to show him, he's our life, right? Appears, then you will also appear with him in glory when Jesus returns. Therefore, look what we have to do now. Next thing, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all of the following, anger, wrath malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth while you're at it. And so check this out. What does your relationship with God look like? There it is. You have to do two things because of who Jesus is, that he has revealed himself not just to be any guy, but the one true God. We are called to put him first. Notice that's what Paul was saying is the guys, put your mind on things that are above. Think about, and what does he mean? He's talking about the truth. Like literally pursue God, pursue the truth, get to know him, put 
Him first in your life. Prioritize God. Prioritize the truth of God and your relationship with God. Put your mind, don't just let your mind be stuck on the earthly things, man. Think about other the Him who's above it all. Put Him first and then put to death all of those things that you were talking about. All right? That is part of the work. That is part of the relationship that we're called to do. All right? And guys, let me, let me just be honest with you. That requires work. All of those things. Some of you might have had one thing more than another. Maybe it's a filthy language one. You're like, that one hurt. That stung. Okay? Maybe it's the anger. Maybe it's the, uh, the malice and the this and the sl- uh, maybe It's other stuff. I get it. But you know what? Because we have this relationship, because of what Jesus did, uh, relationships require work, don't they? Any relationship requires work. And so this is part of the work that you and I are called to do. But good news, we're not called to do it on our own. God is there to help us. This is what the Holy Spirit's for. But because he is who he is, we need to prioritize this relationship because the more that you and I grow in this relationship with God, the more that relationship impacts all of the other ones that I'm gonna talk about right now, guys. I'm gonna talk about it right now. Every other thing that Paul says right here It's not going to happen unless this is a priority, unless this is first. Because the more you grow in your relationship with God, the more you're going to grow in all of the other relationships. It's the default. It's the domino effect that happens. So notice he talks about the worship of God first, the worship of who Jesus is. And now let's see how that all plays out. Let's look at the next one. Here's now the work or the relationships that we have between us and our church. It says, do not lie to, look at it, it says here, one another. Every time you see a one another like this in the New Testament, he's talking about believers in Jesus Christ, okay? Not just a random. He's talking about inside of the church. So every time it's a one another, we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, the inside of the church. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and you've put on the new self. You are being renewed in the knowledge. Look, there's the truth there. You're being changed by the truth according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is no Greek and Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. But Christ is all in all. We are all equal in God's eyes that, that are made new in Jesus Christ. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, the church, holy and dearly loved, the church, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another inside of the church, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ to which you were also called into one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with what, guys? Gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? Thanks to God the Father through him. Why are we giving him thanks? Because of what Jesus has done. And so guys, notice now when you're working on your relationship with Jesus, what are we also called to do? Part of our calling, part of our work is to work on our relationships with those inside of the church, with others who are pursuing Christ as well. That's what, and, and notice there's a, there's a lot of, sounds like work, doesn't it? So, you know, forgiving others. I, I like the, the one word, bearing with one another, right? Just having to deal with you. Like that's literally what he's saying. He's like, look, it's okay. You know, if, 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 if loving one another has to start with tolerating each other, start with that. But don't, don't stop with tolerating. Grow to love. That is what we're called to do is to serve one another in that way, which I think is funny. Uh, what do we call what we're doing right now? We call this a church 
service. Church gathering, right? We call it a church service. Have you ever heard that phrase before, right? What do we do? Oh, I go, what, what time is your service? At 9 a.m. That's our service time, 9 a.m. Guys, our service time, there's no on and off the clock. Yeah, we call it a service time. Why? Because the church gathers together as a whole once a week, and what do we do? We're serving each other. I'm here trying to serve you by helping you to process and look at God's word. The worship team is here serving you, encouraging you, helping you to together lift up a voice to be able to get to know. They're speaking truth, singing truth over all of you. The ushers team are here. What are they doing? They're serving you. Our hospitality team is serving you, helping you to be loved before I tell you God loves you. I mean, that's what the hospitality team is amazing at that. Before you sit down and hear that God loves you, you've already been loved by somebody, encouraged, and, and, and that's amazing. The tech team is here serving each other, serving you. What are they doing? They are amplifying this message, right? Whether it's through technology, online. I mean, this service is going to live on the internet for who knows how long, and none of you know. Guys, a tech team online, I want you to know you do not know what somebody might stumble across this message 10 years from now and be transformed because of the effort that you put in to make sure it was up there and working. What are we doing? We are serving each other. This is why we call it a church service. But let me be real. Our church services should produce a church that serves. Catch me? A church, our church services, our time together should produce in us a church that serves when we're not together. A church that serves in the home, in the workplace, in the community, in the world. That's what this is supposed to do. Because if our services don't produce a church that serves, then I, then I got to reevaluate my career choice, I guess. I don't know. That's on me. But that's what it is. And so check it out. A church, uh, church services should produce a church that serves. And that's what Paul talks about next. Let's look at the next one. Verses 18 through 21. A church that serves and learns to grow in this way, take that into your home. Look what he says in verse 18. We'll put it on the screen. He says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. But husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter towards them. Oof, but he's going off. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this is pleasing to the Lord. And fathers, you can also translate this as parents, but especially to the fathers, do not exacerbate your children so they won't become discouraged. Now, for those of you, if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, the whole phrase, submit to each other, forgive, we did two sermons on that in Truth or Trends a couple weeks ago. So if you want to know a little bit about what that means to be submit to, God, you know, wives submit to your husbands and husbands submit in love, check it out. It's called Biblical Manhood, Biblical Womanhood. Check that out. In, it's on our website on YouTube. You can check that out. Uh, but I love these two statements here. It reminds children, right? Children, obey your parents. Why? Honor them because it's fitting, right? It is, it is what it said. It is pleasing to the Lord. Guys, I want you to know if you're here and you still have parents, okay? By the way, honoring your mother and father doesn't stop when you move out, okay? It doesn't stop when you start having as much gray hairs as your parents, okay? Honoring your father and mother stays that way until as long as they're alive. But especially, I want you guys to know if you're young and you're still living at home, regardless of what age you are, you're still living at home with your parents and you gotta, you know, you're not that adult yet. I know you think you've grown, some of y'all, but listen, you're not, okay? Listen, honoring, learning to honor your parents actually teaches you, serving your parents actually teaches you how to serve God. And by the way, it starts there. Serve your parents. That's what honoring means. It's to serve them. I know, you know kids kind of looking like, mama, give me $10. You know, daddy, give me $20. Can I do this? And we, you know, kids tend to think that the parents are the ones supposed to do all the serving. Kids are supposed to call, kids got to do the serving too. 
Kids, serve your parents. It is pleasing to the Lord. Notice, guys, it, it, God likes it when we do that. He likes it when we do that. And notice, parents, you got a role too. The kids are supposed to serve the parents. And the parents, if you have you know, kids, they have to serve their kids. That phrase, don't exacerbate your children so they don't become discouraged. Meaning, parents, this is going to hurt. There's forgiveness in Jesus' name. I'm just telling you right now. This means, parents, don't hold such high, insane expectations for your kids that they never reach and all they do is become discouraged with life and with you. You got that? Anybody feel it? Some of y'all probably had parents that were like that, that nothing was ever good enough, and this and this, and this and that, and you just, uh, forget you, all right? And so I'm just being real, okay? Listen, there's a borderline to that. Parents, you are called to serve them. Don't, you can't have them live your life, you know, or you can't live your dreams out through them. They have an own, their own call, calling in life. There's forgiveness in Jesus' name. If that's been you, if you've hurt, have experienced that, that trauma, or you're the one who's guilty of that. But Notice, what are we supposed to do inside of the church? I'm sorry, inside the home? Same thing we're supposed to do inside of the church. Serve one another in love. It works in that way. The, our church services should produce a church that serves in the home and in the workplace and in the world. And that's the last one. Do you, do you notice, do you see how we just, this epicenter from you and Jesus, you and the family of God, you and your family, you in the workplace and you in the world. Look what he's doing. He's just amplifying this target. Now, let, let's read that last one. This is the longest chunk we're reading today. Let's look at verse 22 all the way through verse, chapter 4, verse 6. I know sometimes we read in chapters, but I want you guys to know sometimes the thought continues on into a next chapter. So let's just do that. Now he's saying serve others outside of the home, in the workplace, and everything else. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only, being, don't work only while being watched. Oh, wait, I got to stop. When we hear read slaves with 2021 understanding, you automatically probably think of one thing, but this is a little more complicated than maybe slavery that you might understand. A lot of what was considered slavery back then was indentured servitude, very similar to employment, right? Hey, I will give you my time. You get to determine when I come and work and I'll give you some freedoms in order for a paycheck, right? Let's just be real, right? That's kind of what that is. You surrender certain freedoms, to an employer so he can give you something in return. So I want you to think, when you hear slaves and masters, I want you to think more employee and boss. Think of like that, okay? Slaves, employees, obey your human bosses and everything. Don't work only while being watched as people please. See, now I'm bothering some of y'all, all right? But work wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from your heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive a reward of your inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done. And there is no favoritism. God, don't play. Masters, bosses, if you're a manager and you got teams that you lead, deal with your employees, your slaves, justly and fairly, since you know that you have a master, you have a boss in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely towards outsiders, non-believers, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, good, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. So, did you notice outsiders? You're gonna have, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you're gonna have to deal with non-believers at work. Some of y'all got them, y'all know it. So you gotta deal with them at work and you gotta deal with them in the, you know, out and about. And so what are we called to do? 
The same thing that we're supposed to do in the church and the same thing we're supposed to do in the home. What we practice in the church and what we practice in the home, we're supposed to do outside, everywhere we go. And what is it, guys? Say it with me. Serve one another. Say it again with me. Serve one another. And let's use that. Let's change that word serve. Love. Say it again. Love one another. That's it. That is your, your calling in life is that regardless of your career, your calling is that. But we do it. Notice Paul is living out his calling. Paul's living out his purpose. And my dude's in prison. He's in prison living out his purpose, guys. And so it matters. And so look, this is why I'm saying it's bigger than your career. It's bigger than a paycheck. But I want you guys to know, especially in your, in your jobs, you have an opportunity to be able to do something. Paul said, man, I pray to live in such a way that I may have an open door to help others see and come to know Jesus. Do you guys know if you have a job, and regardless of your job, you have an opportunity in how you act inside of your home, in the church, and outside to be able to reflect the light of Jesus so you can have an open door so that others can be saved too? And what you do, how you work matters. In fact, look, I, I don't want to ramble, so I wrote it down. I'm going to read this. I did a quick survey and asked around the church about different jobs, and I wanted to see what are the jobs of our church, what do people do? And what I wanted to do was uh, kind of show you that your job matters, that God is, is using and can use your current job because you think, oh, pastor, see, you, you're a pastor. You work for the church and you're in ministry. You're the one kind of doing it. No, man, I'm the cheerleader here. You guys are the ones. I'm motivating you. I'm trying to equip an army right here. That's what I'm doing. This is all, we are in the huddle. I'm giving you the play. Break, y'all go out and run that play. That's what we do. That's what this is. I am here to help you to do the heavy lifting because God wants to do things in you. And so check it out. I kind of did something, so I'm just going to read it. So you guys can all see how your purpose can be played out even in your current career. So I'm going to read it today. Your place of employment offers a good or a service that is meant to serve someone else's needs. When you serve that need, you are making a difference in the life of that person. So if you are a business owner, you not only are providing for the needs of your family, but you are also creating an opportunity for others to provide for their families while they develop life skills. If you are a housekeeper, whether you clean your own house or you, that you do that for other people, you are creating clean and safe environments where families can thrive mentally and emotionally. Okay, your environments do that to you. If you work for a janitorial company, you are providing clean and safe places that helps that company achieve its goals in serving people while also keeping said people from getting sick or injured, causing them to miss work. So your job matters. If you are in the healthcare field, we got a lot of very, you know, variety in here. You are giving people the gift of life, allowing them to have more time with their loved ones, achieving greater things and more time for them to hear and even share the gospel. If you are an insurance agent, you are giving people the gift of a peace of mind, knowing that if the worst happens to their loved ones, everything, you know, if the worst happens, their loved ones will be okay. But also you are there to help people in a time of crisis where without your aid, their lives would be ruined. That job matters. If you're an Uber driver, yep, all right, we got some, all right? If you're an Uber driver, you are literally helping others without a means of transportation to get to where they need to go. Without you, they wouldn't, they would be stuck. And if you're that Uber Eats guy, all right, you, Uber Eats lady, if that's you, you are helping tired parents by bringing them food and giving them one less thing to worry about at the end of a long work day. That matters. 
If you are an artist, a musician, you inspire the world through your artistic innovations by adding beauty and wonder to people's lives. If you serve in the military or firefighters and police, you provide security and structure that makes it possible for others to live their lives where without you, they couldn't. If you are a bank teller, you are part of an establishment that protects the financial estate of many poor people. That also works to help its customers to win financially. That job matters. If you work in the food industry, you are literally feeding the hungry, giving them needed nutrients so that they can con continue to live. If you work in retail stores, you are helping to raise the standard of living of the poor by providing quality products with uh, affordable prices. If you're in real estate, you are helping to put a roof over people's heads, giving them shelter and security. If you are a handyman or you do remodeling, you are increasing the property value of people's homes while improving their living environments. This all matters. If you are a teacher, childcare provider, youth outreach specialist, you are helping to shape children and youth during their most formative years, providing an education that decreases the chances that they will live in poverty or be incarcerated. That matters. If you are a secretary, receptionist, front desk coordinator, all right, you not only are responsible for giving a good first impression to new clients and customers, but you are essential in helping your business and your organization in being efficient and effective in serving people. It matters. If you're a service technician, if you're a service technician, you are helping to power the world, providing the means in which people can communicate, travel, and for the gospel to be proclaimed throughout the nations in a way that couldn't be in the past. If you're a screen printer, here we go. You are a part of a business that serves other businesses. The better the promotions you make will give your clients more business, which means that they are serving more people while earning money for their employees and their families. You're making a difference. If you are a licensed optician, you are literally giving sight to the blind, okay? You are helping people to function and allow them to clearly see their loved ones. If you're unemployed, Know that you still are capable of making a difference by serving your family, friends, neighbors, and strangers. And if you are retired, you have been given the gift of time to continue to invest in the next generation so that they can glean from your knowledge and experience. When we serve others through our work, even in small ways, guys, we are all making a difference because it all adds up. But when we express our worship for Jesus through our work, we will have open doors to see souls See that? See that? So, hopefully some of you are like, okay, I don't feel as, I don't feel as bothered about going to my job tomorrow. It's not bad. I think I feel a little, you're feeling yourself right now. You're a little special. Okay. Everybody, look, all of those things make a difference. It does. But in the end, why, when it comes to us as Christians, you guys know that our work is an opportunity to express our worship. Paul said it, do it. Everything you do, those kids, those customers, your boss, your employees, your coworkers, treat them all like if it was Jesus. This is the work that we are called to do, to serve one another, serve one another, love one another. This is our calling, guys. Your calling as a believer is that it is to serve in love. And there's no clock, there's no punch out because to love someone is not a burden. To love someone as Jesus loved us, that's a privilege. That's what we're called to do is to love in that way. But we all gotta be busy in loving people like that. That's why I love Spurgeon's quote. Charles Spurgeon once said, if you are idle in the work of Christ, you're gonna be active in the devil's work. If you are idle in Christ's work, you're gonna be active in the devil's work. 
And what is the work of Christ? It's not, it's not nothing like, oh, it's not overdoing. It is not nothing taxing. The work is a labor of love. It's to love, to be loved by God, to love him directly and to love others indirectly. That's how we love him too, by the way we love one another. That matters. You and I, if you are a Christian right now, I want to tell you where your calling is. Yeah, you might all have specific things. God, have, God might have temporary moments, like I need you to do this. He might have a temporary assignment for you. But regardless of what that assignment is, it's just the, another way of doing the same thing. Serving, loving one another, reflecting the truth everywhere we go. And that's why, guys, that's, that's our calling. I know it might not sound super like cool. Your calling in life, you gotta be a servant. Your calling in life is to be a servant. Serve others. Ugh, really? Uh, yeah. Do you guys know that the highest rank in Christ's kingdom is that of a servant? The highest rank in Christ's kingdom is a servant. How do I know that? Because our king himself, Jesus said, I did not come into this world to be served. What did this king come to do? Serve. Serving others was not beneath Jesus. Wiping and washing the feet of his disciples, that was not beneath him. There is nothing that is beneath us to see what he has done for us. Why not? That is our calling, guys. And guys, you know that that's actually a sign that you know you're saved? That's one of many signs that you know you're saved. When your heart to serve the Lord and to serve others sincerely begins to dominate your desire to be served. That's a heart change that's happening. That's a reset that is happening in your life. That's what it is, guys. You, your calling is to serve. That is what it is. And this is why, guys, we have that as one of our values. We have four values, church values. One of them is servanthood. And an application question that I like to ask is this. Did I make someone's day better today? Ask that question for the rest of this week. Kids, to your parents, did I make my parents' day better today? Parents, did I make my kids' day better today? Did I make my wife's day better today? My, my spouse's day? Did, did I make my boss's day? My, my co-worker's day? Did I make a customer's day? Did I make a stranger's day? Did I make someone's day better? When? Today. Notice I use the word today because we are called to love in all seasons, in and out, ready to go. This is what we're called to do. And I know it's hard work, guys. It's, it, you're not going to always get it right. I, I know that. There's going to be that side of you, that little ratchet side of you is going to overtake the righteous one for a minute here and there. You're going to kind of have that. I know I get it. But even in those moments, you, you, you can add there's forgiveness in Christ and you can go and you can reflect and take that moment. But that's what we're called to do. I know it's hard work, but this is why we have the spirit of the living God, that he is strong when we are weak. If we lean him, trust him. This is why notice in all of those four areas, Paul would say, devote yourselves to prayer. Think of things that are above, to the teaching each other, encouraging the truth of God. It has to be in all of it because we love we love out of the love of God because of the love of God. It is by his love, in his love, through him that we love. It is not in our strength. It is in his love for us. Did I make someone's day better today? And Paul even said, treat that person. Imagine how you would be, how many the world would be if you treated your boss, your employee, your kids, your parents, everybody. Like if they were Jesus. Because you know if it was Jesus, you wouldn't say that. You know if it was Jesus, you wouldn't do that. Say, so, you know, you, you would be a little different if it was him. Well, Jesus says, hey, what you do to others is like you did it to me. Imagine the difference we can make, the kind of open doors that we have when people start saying, wow, why are you different? Why are you living different, bro? And it's like, let me tell you the one who made a difference in my life. Well, I'll tell you, there's your open door to tell them about Jesus. Guys, that's it. That is what we're called to do. Imagine if we lived like that, it would make a bigger difference. And hopefully, I hope you see your current job as an amazing opportunity because God can use 
anyone. Don't just think you need this because you don't need this. I can lose all of this today and it doesn't hold me back because it's not me. It is God in me and through me. You don't need a platform. You don't need a, a mic. You don't need a thing. To, no, you have Christ. You have the spirit of the living God. You can do even a small difference. Noah preached for years and only saved six people. It was his family. <laughs> okay. He preached for years and only had seven converts, his family. That made a difference. It makes a difference. We are all called to play our part. And I want you to know, let me just kind of even simplify your calling. You know what your calling is even more? Your calling to be a servant starts when you answer the call of the Savior who's calling you. That's it, guys. Your calling in life is to answer the call of the Savior who's calling you. And for all who call on the name of Jesus are and will be saved. That is your calling is to meet and encounter God as though he can make that difference in your life. Call on his name. And when you do, I want you to keep doing the following. Keep trusting in the one who has triumphed over sin and death. Serve him. Keep serving him who served you. Carry your cross as you care for others. And let everything you do grow and show to reflect the gratitude that you have for all Jesus has done. That is your calling. Answer the one who's calling you. And I want to give you guys an opportunity for right that right now. Let's all bow our heads. I want you to pray. I want you just to take a minute and just think. We got a lot of people in a lot of different ways and a lot of different places up in here. We got some faithful believers. We got some inconsistent ones. We got some ones that went on pause for a while and don't know how to get back. And we have some that don't. There's everybody online and in person here today. All of us have the same thing. Answer the one who's calling he is calling each and every one of us by name to respond to the salvation call of Christ and to keep stepping towards him. Keep stepping in that, keep growing in that relationship. Take your baby steps, keep going. Keep going. Lord, I pray right now that you may help Holy Spirit. You're the only one who can reveal what step each person needs to take right now whether it was through salvation or further sanctification, Holy Spirit, I pray that you may help each person right now, help them to see what they need to do and I give them and help them right now to make that happen. Guys, this is work. This is the relationship that, that we have and called to do. God has done all of the work, the majority of the work, but there's still that participation on our part where we have to say yes. We have to say yes. And so if you're a believer in Christ Jesus and you heard one of those things that we said a minute ago where it says you gotta put to death these things, and you playing games with things that you should have put to death. Attitudes, actions, and sins. Right now, I know you know it. Right now, I need you to take that and say, repent of that. And say, Lord, I receive forgiveness in Jesus' name for that. If you have heard something like a wound that we've talked about, like a parental wound or something you have done or, or something like that, you feel guilty, your, head, your heart is heavy. I want you to give that wound to Jesus right now. Listen, it's real. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't, 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 you know, excuse it. Wound is a wound and Jesus can bring real healing. There is forgiveness in Jesus' name. There's, he can cover all of those sins. Give that to him right now. If you're feeling a weight or a shame or a wound right now, give that to him right now in Jesus' name. Just give it to him. Some of you, be real, some of you guys are not looking at your job as a mission field. You don't treat your job as a mission field. You are treating your job as something you just got to deal with. You steal from your job. You don't, you don't do what you need to do. You are not giving your all. You're stealing from time stuff you're not respecting 
that you're not loving them and treating them like if it was Jesus. If you're feeling that weight, I want you to just ask right now. Call on the name of Jesus. He's calling you to say, give me that. Give me that right there. Give me that. And he will take it from you right now. He will take it from you right now. And if you have never, if you think that following Jesus is just a bunch of things you got to do, no, it is all focused on because of what Jesus has done. And so I challenge you right now, if you have never, if you don't know what this life is, if, if your heart has not transformed and changed, call on Jesus' name right now and ask him to forgive you of your sins right now. Ask him to fill you with your spirit and ask him to help you to follow him. That's all you need to do. Do that right now. God, I thank you because I see, I see and know that people are making choices and steps to draw closer to you. I know it, I see it, Lord, and I thank you for your, I thank you that you call us. God, I thank you that your, your mouth does not remain silent. God, that you are drawing all people to the cross. God, I pray that you may give us humble hearts to say yes to Jesus always, today and tomorrow and the next day. God, I thank you, God, that you are this present that, Lord, no matter what we have done, no matter what has happened to us, no matter what we have become, God, there is nothing and there's no one too far gone. There is no one too far gone that you can't restore. No one too broken that you can't bring back together. None. And God, I pray right now that we may all lift up our voice and call on you, Jesus. God, thank you that you made this possible through your life and death and through the resurrection, Lord through the resurrection that there is an empty tomb for us to bury all of these things in. You left it empty so all of these things, Lord, can be buried and we can be set free once and for all. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing, for who you are. God, I pray that we may continue to take steps towards you each and every day. May it not just be something we just do today, but tomorrow and the next day, moment by moment, bit by bit. And may the living God who is here for everyone who is choosing and following right now and giving themselves to Christ, I pray right now that the love and the peace of the Lord Jesus and the joy overwhelm you begin to replace what was where there was shame, where there was guilt, where there was pain. Now I pray in Jesus' name that there may be peace, that there may be joy, and that there may be life because this is what we have in Christ. This is what we have in Christ, and God, we thank you that there is this and so much more. And we just take right now and say, and we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, in your name we believe. And if you took a step to Jesus right now, come on, say amen like you mean it. Say amen like you mean it if you took that step towards Jesus. Come on, come on, you can celebrate that because people are making those choices and decisions. Your calling is to be a servant. And Paul made it very clear what serving looks like. We need to, not number one, we need to be like Jesus because Jesus was the ultimate servant. And you can look at all the gospels and see how many and how exactly did Jesus serve and love others. He did it by telling and speaking the truth, revealing the truth and loving people. Okay. And now there's some more specifics and you can check that out. All right. But in reality is Jesus not only talked about the truth, but he expressed the truth in the way that he spoke to and treated others. And guys, that's what we're called to do. You and I are called to be servants of the living God. And we serve others in word and deed. And Paul said how to do it in the Lord Jesus and treating others like if they were Jesus. Guys, I, I want you to know that there's some personal benefits to that. I mean, when you treat other people like if they were Jesus, listen, I'm sorry, you're, you're going to put yourself in a position to find, you know, promotions and, and you know, and being empowered more in your job. But that's not the goal. You don't treat others like Jesus so that you can get that raise and so you can get that promotion. No, we do it 
For the only recognition that matters is knowing that it pleases God when we love and serve one another in this way. All right, so guys, I want to challenge you this week. Be that kind of revolutionary that revolves your whole work around your worship to God. And listen, relationships require work. There's work that you need to put in between you and your relationship with Jesus, you and your relationship with those inside of the church, you and your relationship with those in your home, and you and your relationship with those at work and in the world. But you and I are called to work out of a place of love by and through the spirit and the love of God. Do that and watch you change and watch the world change.